This is your woo-woo best friend, a show about attainable transformation. Hey, it's Andy. Welcome back to the show. This is your woo-woo best friend. As you are listening to this episode, I am away leading a corporate retreat. This is the first time I've done this in quite a while. Of course, you all know we have a couple of retreats coming up In this community, we have our Palm Springs retreat coming up at the end of August and still have one space remaining. Is it going to be yours? And we have officially announced our Mallorca retreat for spring of 2024, if you might be interested. If you're hearing this and you're thinking, oh, but wait, what is this corporate wellness retreat? How do I get my company to do something like this? I would love to have a conversation with you if this is something that you might want to bring into your workplace environment, or if you have a group of friends that you're considering putting some sort of travels together and you would like someone to facilitate something like this, I could be your girl. So send me a note anytime you want to chat about retreats. I'd love to have a conversation with you about it. In today's episode, we have a guest. Today's episode is an interview. And while we have had many discussions on this show about human design, we've had a human design 101 episode, we've had human design and how it relates to you in the workplace and your career development. This is quite a different approach to how we have talked about human design before. I've even done soul strategy readings for celebs on this show. I did Kim Kardashian and Taylor Swift and Harry Styles. No, the three of them were not on the show, but I did read their charts. And in my soul strategy readings, I include a look at human design and North Node astrology. We specifically look at the Incarnation Cross and some other components of the human design chart. We have a waiting list for those readings. If you might be interested in one for future, I will definitely leave the link to those readings in the show notes. But today, we're going to have a conversation about human design and how it relates to your wellness, including how the chakra system and our health are correlated and how blocks in our chakra system can impact our overall well-being. Our guest today is Hope Pedraza. She's a certified holistic nutritionist, a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. She's also a Reiki practitioner and the founder of In Balance, a Pilates-based fitness franchise and the host of the Hopeful and Wholesome podcast. She helps women get to the root of their chronic symptoms so they can heal their body and live a life of purpose and alignment. I love this conversation with Hope. We're actually going to take a look at my human design chart in the conversation so she can show you exactly how she does the work that she does by taking a look at the human design chart. So we're going to look at mine. She's going to give me lots of information about my own chart, and I hope it encourages you to go take a look at yours and consider the whole picture of your health and well-being. Welcome to the show. Hope Pedraza. Hey, Hope. Welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much for having me, Andy. 
I'm so thrilled to have you on the show, to have this conversation. It is one that I know our listeners are going to be so excited about. They love talking about human design and wellness, and we're going to bring those two topics together. And what cool work this must be for you to get to do. Yes. I really, I really love being able to help. It's, I mean, it really helps my clients heal on like a whole different level. So to really be able to provide, I mean, you know, I'm a holistic nutritionist, but to really be able to do that on a holistic level, like putting the spiritual piece with the physical, mental, emotional, like it just put all, puts all the pieces together. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm so interested in how these two things came together. We know human design is such a great modality for healing, but thinking about it in this like on this level where we're talking about gut health and hormone health and mineral balancing, all of those things, all of that great work that you do. I'm so interested in how you started to bring those two things together and how that works in your and the in the world, in your world that you are offering yeah. to your, your clients. Yeah. So I when I first found human design myself, like I just fell in love with it. I just loved the the insight it gave me about myself and, you know, how I was operating. And it just, it was just this whole, like, feel this experience of like feeling validated and like seen and understood. And it just, it just changed everything. And so when I started work doing my work as a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, I, I was like, I've got to figure out a way to put these together. Like, I just, I loved what it did for me. And, and again, it wasn't so much about my physical healing, but it was just really putting other pieces together and just helping me really understand myself at a whole other level. And I wanted to provide that for my clients where, you know, I was helping them with the physical pieces. We were, you know, touching on kind of the mental, emotional pieces, but I wanted to just go 10 layers deeper and to get into just at that soul level. Like let's, and like, think on my website, I have like healing from soul cells to soul, like healing all of those pieces. And so I started, I, I did a Reiki training and, you know, really dove into, you know, we dive into the chakras and all of that. And so I'm like, you know what, this is a perfect way to integrate the two is you talk about the chakras and we know there's organs and glands associated with each chakra. And like, there's the physical piece and then there's this energetic piece. And then the chakra system is all a part of human design. I'm like, let's just tie all of this together and then just make this a part of like the holistic equation of putting all of these pieces together for healing. So when someone comes in to work with you or joins one of your programs, what are the first things that you're looking at in regards to human design to start to get some perspective on the right path for them? Yeah. So I do, I kind of do, I started pretty high level broad. Like we all know that you can get into the weeds real quick of human design and you can just like go really? down all the rabbit yes. holes and yeah. <laughs> and so I, you know, try not to overwhelm them with too much information. So I kind of go high level and then I have some clients who really want to dive deeper. And so we'll use some of their sessions, do that. And some that are cool with just the high level, like this is enough for me to go with, I can integrate this and it feels good. And you know, this is enough. So the big high level stuff, you know, we talk about their type and their authority and their strategy and their profile, like the, the big hitters. But then we also look at their digestion and their strongest sense in their preferred environment. And we look at the variable, the arrows, the variables, because that also helps give insight in their digestion and when and how they should eat and digest food and information and energy. And then I touch a little bit, depending on the chart, I touch a little bit on maybe a couple of the centers. And, and sometimes I just kind of move intuitively through it and feel like 
where I feel like something needs to come out, like I should probably talk about, you know, the the sacral or the solar plexus or something. And I feel like those are two that I talk about a lot. The the solar plexus being that like emotional center, and that comes up a lot. Like we're learning how to process emotions and how we best do that. And I love the solar plexus because it's associated with so many of our detox organs. And I find that it's not by mistake that, you know, where we process our emotions is where our detox organs are, like it correlates. And so, which is mm-hmm. why some of it's so much um, stagnation and just stagnant energy gets stored and we have problems detoxing and clearing things out, right? It, it's all related. So I find that's another piece that I pull from a lot with my clients. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of those, the big heavy hitters, like the, the big high level things and letting them understand what it means for their sleep and their energy and food and the relationships. And, um, I work with a lot of high-performing women. So like what that looks like in managing stress in your job or at home or whatever, and helping put all of those pieces together based on their chart. Okay, cool. Got it. Okay. So let's do this for someone who's like, okay, I know a little bit about human design, but I'm kind of like having to think about what exactly is each of those things, the type, the strategy, et cetera. So let's go through each type. And can you give us like a tip or two for each yeah, type for each one. Yeah. around specifically around how to eat wellness practices yeah. that may be really good for each type. I think that could be totally. really helpful for yeah, our listeners. Totally. Yes. I love to do this. Yeah, for sure. So let's start with manifestors. So manifestors are our visionaries, right? They're here to have the vision and they are not here to have consistent energy to do things. And I find that a lot of times my manifestors that I work with at a call with one just last week, we had this kind of emotional release session. And it's it's so common for manifestors to run into burnout, mm-hmm. especially they're around, you know, generators and many gens, like we're kind of the most common types, right? And when gen- manifestors are around these other two types, they kind of get into this, well, I got to keep going because everybody else is, right? And I find manifestors that, you know, they, they don't have that consistent energy to keep doing the thing. And this leads to burnout real fast. And their energetic needs change. So therefore they're the way they eat, their caloric needs and the way they work out needs to change. And so understanding like kind of what phase they're in, right. When I'm, they're in kind of a more action phase, you know, okay, maybe we can do some more high intensity exercise and eat more high calorie foods, more calorie dense foods. But when we're in these like resting phases, then let's, let's tone it back, right. Let's lower the intensity on the exercise, be more cooling, lighter, more light, vibrant foods and, and change it based on kind of what energy phase that we're in. And then taking time at the end of the day to really disconnect and discharge from the day before going to bed rather than just, you know, hitting the sack, like I'm ready to go to bed. Manifestors really need to disconnect themselves from the energy that they've, you know, pulled from throughout the day. So giving themselves that good, you know, 45 minutes or an hour to whatever that looks like it's journaling, it's listening to music or watching mindless TV, like something to help you disconnect and just release energy from the day. So next is we'll talk about generators Now, generators are like the doers, right? They have the energy to do the things. And generators and manifesting generators are going to have a lot of commonalities because manifesting generators are really more generator than they are manifester. And I I always equate both of these types to like a puppy, right? right? We let the puppy out in the backyard so it can run around and get its energy out. So when it comes in, it doesn't tear up the house. (laughs) So generators and mini gens are meant to get their energy out. Like 
do the physical exercise, do the physical activity, the mental activity, like get all the energy out. And that's really what leads to like good quality. Like you get to the end of the day and you're like, like I did it all. Now there is a fine line between like a total feeling of of exhaustion where like I can't pick myself off the ground and I have to peel myself up to do anything. Then the, then the feeling of like, I did all the things I did everything I needed to do and I feel good about it. Right. So that's how generators should finish the day. They're meant to go into exhaustion, get all their energy out. And since they have so much energy, this also translates to translates to their their caloric needs, right? They're going to need they might need more food to feel fueled and to feel that like keep that consistent energy. Um, and generators and many gens are they're they're run by like doing what lights them up, right? Like what brings them pleasure, brings them joy, and what lights them up, and that really translates to food as well. And especially for many gens which I'm getting, I guess I'm getting ahead talking about many gens, but we, we, and I said, we, cause I'm a manifesting. What are you, by the way? I didn't ask you. I'm definitely a manifesting generator too. Three and okay. Three. I figured, yeah. I figured, <laughs> I figured. <laughs> so as you know, we don't like being put in a box, like mm-hmm. don't like being put in a box. We don't like restricting. So that translates to food too. And this is kind of a, a tricky thing. I kind of have to navigate with some of my manifesting generators because you know, for part of the process of working together, they are eating a certain way. Like we're trying to heal the body and calm down inflammation and all these things. So they do have to eat within a scope of, of, you know, preferences here, but there's ways to kind of build, you know, creativity and flexibility, flexibility and variability in that. And so the point is with both of these types, like eating things that light you up rather than like what I should be eating or, you know, mm-hmm. counting calories and tracking macros and that kind of thing, it just typically doesn't work well for these types. Um, and so, keeping on with the manifesting generator. The other thing I, um, I want to say about many gens because we, we are, we're the, like the multitaskers, right? We're multi-passionate, we're multifaceted. We're doing 28,000 things at once and then adding one more thing every day of the week. And so we have these higher caloric needs too, like generators, right? We need to get the thing done. We need the energy to do and get the things done. The other piece of it is since we're here to do what lights us up, when, when it no longer lights us up, this is when we we let go, right? We move on to the next thing or we delegate or whatever. And this translates so much to food and exercise. And I, I talked to so many of my many gents who are like, they're they're doing this certain workout or whatever because they think they should be doing, well, I know it's going to make me lose weight or this is better for this or that or whatever, but they don't even like it. Like there's no point in doing it. And this goes for everybody, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like don't do the thing if you don't enjoy it. But especially for many gents, like see yourself in a note, you know, they can make consider themselves flaky or indecisive or whatever. And there's a lot of deconditioning around those pieces, but really it's just, we do things in phases and there's nothing wrong with that. And you can always circle back around and go back to that phase next year. Like there's nothing wrong with doing things in phases. So you might have a, you know, Pilates phase and then a yoga phase and a running phase. And, a, you know, you do the things in phases, doing the thing that brings you energy, brings you joy, brings you satisfaction and doing that until it doesn't anymore. And then move on to the next thing. Um, same thing with food, right? Restrictive diets, that kind of thing. It's just not going to work well for many gens. So bringing in variability, flexibility, variety, and giving yourself permission to do things in phases and do something else when it doesn't feel good anymore. Um, so next we'll go to projectors. So projectors are, um, they're the really perceptive problem solvers, right? They see things in a totally different way and they have really, um, sensitive aura. So their energy field is just so much different than all the other types. And because, because of that, they don't have the consistent energy as generators and many gens either. Um, similar to a manifester, you know, they don't have that consistent energy. 
what is, is helpful for them, which I'm sure you've probably talked about on, you know, when you talked about if, if for those who know about human design and projectors, you're just here to work a few hours at a time, right? You're here to work a little bit, take a break, work a little bit, take a break and give yourself permission to do that. I had a call with a client last week. She's a projector and we were getting towards the end of our call. And I was asking her like, you know, what do you think you feel like you could use some improvements? Like what else can we work on? And so she starts talking about her energy and her energy was a huge reason she came to me and, and her body was a complete wreck. So there was reasons for that. But she was like, well, I just feel like sometimes I just feel like I still need a nap. I'm like, okay, like what's wrong with that? Like take a nap. <laughs> and so we're talking about it. And she like feels the need to like, well, I feel like I should be more productive or whatever. Like on her days off, like I just want to take a nap and kind of lay around. Like there's something wrong with that. Like projectors don't have the energy to do all the things all the time, right? We work, they work in spurts and it's, it's, she's set up her schedule perfectly for the projector energy because she works a few days a week and then she has it's it's like it's not every day even it's like every other day so she has these spurts of like stillness and quiet and rest that she can take so supportive for projectors energy and as far as food for projector that because they they have these kind of energy waves throughout the day it's kind of how the food is too like eating just kind of snacking and grazing throughout the day like big heavy meals can make a projector feel really like slow and sluggish and weighed down so snacking throughout the day, small meals throughout the day. And while I'm not promoting like restrictive forms of eating, but projectors like eating a certain way can be helpful. And like with my client, I'm talking about, that's like been the biggest thing for her. She doesn't have to think about it. It's less mental energy for her to have to decide what to eat. So she eats pretty much the same thing every day, just building in some variety in there. But, but keeping that consistent, it, it's easy. Like it's, it's no mental, requires no mental energy. So fun that can be really supportive for projectors too. And then last for reflectors, um, reflectors, of course, are, are unicorns, right? Just 1% of the population. And they have, I know I didn't say this at the beginning, but so in the, in the human design chart, I'm sure everybody listening is at least familiar with human design, right? You have the energy centers and the reflectors have all open centers, which means their, their energy is, is fluid. Like it's inconsistent and it's fluid and it's constantly changing depending on who they're around and the energy around them and all that. So very sensitive beings, right? And so we have to work to protect that. So their environment, their alone time, their community is so important. Having a space that's theirs that they can go to, that they can be alone, reconnect with themselves, um, quiet time, like journaling and breath work. Well, of course it's supportive for everybody, but extra supportive for the reflectors. And again, it's just that opportunity to tune back into themselves and giving themselves permission to let exercise and re- and uh, food and rest kind of fluctuate with their always changing energetic needs. Because it's going to change depending on who they're around. If, if they're around generators all day, they're going to feel zapped at the end of the day. The last thing you want to do is go for a you know 10-mile run that you had planned, right? So allowing their, their exercise and what they're doing to move and just allowing that to change. Even I mean, it's going to change from hour to hour sometimes, like just being fluid with that and really tuning into their intuition. This is another type that it's really important for them to take time at the end of the day before they go to bed to disconnect, discharge, let go of the energy, you know, come into contact throughout the day and be able to just really disconnect before hitting the sack. I'm taking a quick pause in the episode to introduce you to the Conscious Creatives Business School. Did you know we have an eight-module self-guided business course for those of you interested in starting a business to help you go from idea to launch? This is a course focused on the mindset 
of an entrepreneur learning how to synthesize your gifts, your power, and your potential. This course will help you to manifest your business vision. We also talk about branding and marketing, learning how to define your brand story and attract an aligned audience, building a media kit so that you can gain dream partnerships, and learning how to show up on social media to share your story in a soulful way. Then we get into business planning, learning how to transform your relationship with money, to plan your abundance with budget tools and sales planners, and to learn how to scale your business and align your energy towards your goals. This program is available and on sale for $111 for just a few more weeks. We are closing the doors to Conscious Creatives Business School forever as we prepare to launch a brand new course portal for creatives interested in starting and scaling a business. Now let's get back to the episode. So I'm wondering, would you be game to take a look at my chart and tell me where on my chart would I want to be on the lookout for energetic leaks? I think that could be something cool to do. Okay. So I'm going to share my chart with you since we're here on the Zoom and you can see the things. And then, okay. Tell me if you can see that. Yep. I got it. Okay. Okay, cool. And I'll make it a little bit bigger so you can see it. But I think for our listeners, it could be cool to see how you would walk through a chart to notice. I'm so interested to see like what you notice and what you feel like you would want to call out as places to be mindful of that I may be losing energy or I need to spend a little more focus on taking good care of. And thinking about the chakra system too. Mm -hmm. And for those that are newer to human design, there's so many components. And, you know, we talked about, you could like look at a million different things on the chart, but I think it's really interesting to look at the activated centers and the open centers and how our chakras are connected to that. So here's my chart. I'm so interested to hear what you have to say. Yes. Yes. So, um, I would first talk about your type, which you've already talked about. So kind of just kind of basic things for your type. Um, And then talking about going into your authority, right? Your sacral authority and what that means as far as listening to your gut and making decisions. So for you as a sacral authority, I'm the same. I'm also sacral authority. Most, most majors are, um, our decision-making is, is quick in the moment. It's yes or it's no black or white. That's it. That's how we make decisions. We don't need time to think about it. Once we take time to think about it, then it's all from the head. It's no longer from the sacral. So that could be an energy like right there when we think too long and we ruminate over things rather than going with literally your gut instinct, that's the sacral telling you the yes or the no. And I find this is a piece for my sacral authorities that really can be a huge energy leak. And they realize like, no, I do spend a lot of my time in my head mm-hmm. versus listening to my gut when I'm making decisions. Like that's it. That's a huge piece. Um, Okay. So for your, let's see, I'm going through your profile. So your profile as a one, three, um, diving into you as, um, so I won't get too much into that because I could talk about your profile forever. So talking about your profile, I think the more important one though is going down to your digestion. So your digestion is close taste. And I always like to talk about digestion and this is digestion. It's not just in terms of, um, food. It's, it's food, it's energy, it's information. It's all of that. So with closed taste, basically this is, you digest best food. And I mean, a lot of times you joke about food because we're talking about, you know, what their, their nutrition and stuff as a simple, like monotonous diet is very helpful for you. So, um, not, not, 
thinking too much about making like super creative things, like a simple diet. Maybe it varies by season, like eating more seasonal foods. Um, but here's the thing with a closed taste, allowing your authority, which for you is your sacral to guide you and give you permission to know know what to do, what to digest, how to digest without worrying about you being too picky or making the wrong decision. So keeping it simple, but allowing your, your sacral, your intuition to kind of lead the way. Um, let's see. So diving into your chakras, I do want to talk about a few of those. So you have an open solar plexus, which again, like I mentioned before, I always like to dive in. Typically I like to dive into the solar plexus, especially if it's open, because I find that this can be a huge source of energy leaks for people. So our solar plexus center is, this is our emotional center, right? It's tied to our emotions and it's also associated with our our, our detox organs. And so because yours is open now, I want to say this too, for everybody looking at their own chart, if you're looking at your own chart right now with human design, there's no good or bad. There just is. So the fact that you have closed centers or open centers, like that it's not good or bad. It just is. You just learn, you know, what that means and how to make that work best for you and then how your energy flows through there. So I want to say that because sometimes I'll start talking about the open center and they're like, oh God, well, I'm so emotional. Like, no wonder, like there's nothing wrong with it. Like, so for you with this, this open uh, solar plexus center, you are here to have more fluid energy through the center. You are here to experience like the whole spectrum of human emotion and to feel it openly and freely. And you can be more fluid with that. Now, the kind of shadow side that can show up here is that you can be prone to like taking on other people's emotions and taking those oh, on yeah. as yourself. Yeah, <laughs> totally. 1000 <laughs> percent. Yeah. 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 And like yeah. when I was young and I didn't know anything about my human design chart and I wasn't aware of this, I of course didn't know that, I, that that's what I was doing. And I was just like living in this constant like swimming of other people's stuff. And I'm like, why do I feel this way? Why do I feel this way? And it's like, not even my stuff that I'm holding on to. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. And yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what shows up here, right? It's it's holding on to other people's energy. And and that's basically when we're looking at the open centers, that's kind of what we have to decide. Like we have to kind of sort through like what's mine and what's somebody else's. And that's just kind of, um, I don't want to say challenge. It can be challenging, but that's just kind of the what lives here in the center is just kind of sorting through, you know, what's mine. So when I'm talking about this center, um, when this center is open for you and it's, you're kind of out of alignment, meaning, so here, I want to say this too. I didn't say this for years. So looking over at your not self theme, I didn't talk about that. So people like to ask me like, well, how do I know when I'm not alignment? That's, that's it. That's your clue. So if you look at your not self theme, that's like the biggest clue, the only clue you need to know if you're living out of alignment. It's that for you, it's frustration. So it's that feeling you get when you're meeting that resistance, right? And so with um, the open solar plexus, you're, you know, picking up and amplifying the emotions of other people is a big thing here, but it's also, it's you um, not allowing yourself to feel that fluidity here. So it's pushing down your feelings. It's, you know, avoiding confrontation, avoiding avoiding hard conversations, or it's having no boundaries. It's um, all of that can show up here. And that can be a huge energy leak. If you find yourself like, like seeking, like emotionally charged situations, or you're seeking for like drama, like that there's, there's some, something, there's some misalignments there going on, right. That we have to address. And a lot of times it does show up in the physical body, which is with, like I said before, it's our detox organs. There's a reason that they're all connected there. 
Um, so that's a big center. The other one for you, which I'm so, your chart is like the perfect one to talk about. Cause the other one I talk about a lot is the root center, which you also have open. I have mine is open as well. Our charts are very similar. Um, so the open root center, this is a big one that I talk with, with my clients because the root center is associated with our adrenal glands and our adrenals are the glands that are responsible for the stress response in the body. And we all know we live in a society that's just driven by stress. And this is what our adrenals are, what takes the biggest hit. And our root center has a lot to do with this and how we're managing ener- how we're managing energy in this center. So with an undefined root center, this is, a, this is a, a pressure center. It's a motor center. So we either have the internal or the external pressure to do things. When it's defined, it's more of an internal drive. It's more of an internal pressure. With an open center, like me and you both have the open ones, it's more of an external thing. So we some often feel the external pressure to get things done. And, but on the inside, you're like, but I don't want to, right? Like, I don't want to do it. So we don't have the consistent drive, the consistent energy in this center to to, to do the things all the time. And so we can feel pressure. So with my client, we had to talk about this last week. She, um, burnout is a thing. Burnout and anxiety are a big thing for her. And the, both of those live like here, a burnout and anxiety. It, it starts here in the root center. And so talking through kind of how she's made, she's an entrepreneur and she was like, yeah, well, you know, the cardinal sin in my family is sitting down and not doing anything. So I feel like I have to constantly be doing something. The telltale sign of being out of alignment in the center is that guilt and shame about not doing things. Like that's what comes up. It's the guilt and shame about taking a rest or not working right now. And so for my open centers here for the root center, it's allowing yourself rest when you need it. It's allowing yourself to work. When you feel productive, use that. When you get the productive urge, use that. When you don't feel productive anymore, then stop. Come back to it later. But again, it it a lot of this comes back to our intuition and really tuning into our intuition, into our bodies, connecting with our bodies to understand when we get these, you know, energetic waves or these kind of this, this drive to do things and then understanding when that's gone and when we need to take a rest and step back. And this this root center really, I find it's just the culprit for so much of this, the guilt and the shame about doing or not doing and the anxiety and the overall, like all of it comes from here. So it's managing energy in this center and knowing that, you know, taking a rest doesn't make you lazy and um, challenge yourself to, to be productive when you have the productive drive to do things and taking advantage of that and working smarter, not harder. Like that's, that's what this, this center has to say. <laughs> Oh, such good stuff. Okay. So I have a couple things coming up that I want to ask you about. So one of the things that's coming up for me is I'm reflecting back to like my teenage self when I knew nothing about human design, when I knew nothing about my empathic nature of like taking on all of the emotions of the people around me. And there's something else that I'm seeing on my chart, which is I have this open head center, like wide, wide open. And I know now that that means I have to be really mindful about about ideas and what other people think and making sure that I'm not taking that on as my own thinking. Mm -hmm. So I have like a lot of practices now around like creating this like bubble of protection, especially when I'm going into environments where there's a lot of thoughts and ideas going on to make sure that I'm like really staying grounded in self. But what's coming up for me that I want to ask you about? So teenage self, I was going through what we all go through as teenagers, which is just like the life transitions and evolution and like learning who we are. And I had a lot of traumatic things going on in my family. My parents were getting divorced. I was the oldest kid. So I was doing a lot of like taking care of my younger siblings. 
And around that time, the way I was processing was by attempting to keep control of the few things that I had control of. And one of those things was my the way I was eating. And so I've developed disordered eating patterns because I was taking on all of this emotion of everyone in my family. And I also was in a competitive sport. And the thinking amongst the people in that sport was... A, a lot of it was about restrictive eating and really maintaining specific weights because of what we were doing in the sport. And now I'm thinking about that and I'm like, those were not my ideas, but it's what I was taking on with this open head center. Plus I was taking on all of the emotions of what was going on in my family. And so all of a sudden there was like no connection to body, no connection to intuition. I was just doing what I thought I should do based on what other people were what other people were thinking and doing and how I was feeling emotionally, which was just try to get control because all this stuff is going on. So hearing that, like, and and having you share the way this, um, this can impact how we're treating our bodies and our health, um, what comes up for you and in, in hearing that based on what you're seeing in my chart? And, and if, if you had someone come to you that was like experiencing something like that, what might, what sort of direction might you give them to help them to start to get into their body and to start to listen to their intuition? Yeah, that I love that story because it is so common in my world. And the client I was using as an example had the exact story of you about the disordered eating and all the mm-hmm. things. And so I love that you shared that. And I think it's so it resonates with so many people. Um, there's a lot to pick out there because yeah, I mean, I think it's a combination of so many things, right? Like absolutely your emotional center is like you taking on everything. And then your body's like, what do I do about it? Like I control something, right? Like you're taking on so much and storing so many emotions of your own emotions compounded with other people's emotions and taking that all in the open head and the open, uh, Ajna center, like both of those are open for you. So it's like, perceptions, ideas, opinions, all of that is just like flowing in. Like that's a huge, both of those are open and that's, that makes it, that can make it for challenging, challenging situations for you when you're going through traumatic events like that. I think the other piece I would look at, so I have a handful of clients working right now through, um, there's some disordered eating in some of the situations and some of it is, is, kind of like the perfectionist tendencies, which it, it kind yeah. of, those kind of correlate, right? Mm-hmm. Perfectionist tendency, tendencies and um, like worthiness and that kind of thing, right? And so for me, that's a dive into the heart center and looking and seeing what, which yours is defined. So we can kind of work through, like, I feel like it's sometimes a little more simple to kind of, um, uh, what's the word I want to use? kind of shift things and change things sometimes there. But then sometimes it could be the opposite. Sometimes when it is defined, it can be harder to change things because you're kind of firm in the beliefs there, right? So there's there's some work to be done in the ego center. And I think a lot of times when, because when this center is out of alignment, this is kind of what you see, you see like feeling competitive, you need to prove yourself, you need to show, prove your power, feeling like I need to prove my worth, I need to keep doing to prove my worth. And so a lot of that, a lot of the things that I do with my clients it, to, to kind of bring balance back to this center, 
Because let me say this too, when you're talking about the chakra system, like just like every other part of the body, the chakras don't work in isolation. Like they, they all feed off of each other. They all work together. So a block in one doesn't mean that's the only block. Like a block in one means there's some blocks in others, right? And we have to work the whole system. That's kind of the whole, I mean, just like our body works together and an imbalance in one place is going to cause an imbalance in another place. So I think that's the other important thing to look at is that there's multiple things at play when something is out of balance. But looking at the heart chakra, the heart center, um, same thing, uh, working through that for me with my clients, I, I have them do kind of some inner child work with that center. And so like with my one client, I'm thinking of, I had her do this exercise where, because for her, it was the worthiness piece. And she feels like her worth is tied into her work and what she achieves. And like, I'm nobody if I don't have my achievements or my success. And she's very perfectionist and very, you know, and those things show up for so many people. And for so many women, especially, we're so prone to, we just got to do it all perfect. And, you know, at least the things like you're talking about with disordered eating and all kinds of other things. But for her, I had her go back and and do some kind of inner child work. And we kind of started this like journal process where she went back to her earliest memory of feeling unworthy or that she needed to prove herself or that she felt like she wasn't enough. And then we just kind of went from there and she went through her whole, her whole life and went through this process of uncovering and finding the emotions and feeling. And it's really, that's what it is. It's, it's uncovering where, where and when and how some of these things got blocked, which is why I also include some emotional release sessions with my clients. Um, because I think you know, like we can we can identify where they are based on their human design and kind of based on some of their physical symptoms. And then I can pick out some things where we can know, okay, now we see where some healing needs to happen. Like which energy center is where is where the blockage or the stagnation or the imbalance is happening. And then we can go and we can kind of release things from there. Um, but just back to your original question, yeah, I think the biggest work and in, in those those types of things coming up, it's gonna be the solar plexus, it's gonna be the heart center, it's looking at the head, the object, it's putting all the pieces together and then understanding what it means to have the open versus or defined versus undefined centers on your chart and how we can work with that fluid energy in the open centers and work to make shifts in um those defined centers. Cause like for like for me, I have a closed option, yours is open. And for me, that's our when I have a, like a belief or something about something in my head, it is like cracking through a brick wall to change that. So it can be hard sometimes while we feel like, oh, if I had a defined center, I could be so much less or more this or that, whatever. But it, again, there's no good or bad. We have challenges either way, but it's just learning how to work with your energy. Um, you know, whichever, however your chart presents itself. If someone's noticing that they've got some inflammation going on or they've got something manifesting in the body and they don't feel like they've really like changed anything, like perhaps they're not eating any differently than they were eating before. Maybe their exercise routine has been pretty consistent, but all of a sudden they are experiencing inflammation. What would you look for and how would you begin to identify what is causing that inflammation when nothing else has really changed. Yeah. So for me, it's putting all the pieces together. So it's starting with, with the physical part that I do as a functional practitioner as an FDNP and that's doing the labs, right? So we do the labs and we look and see what the labs say. And it, this happens so much in my world because a lot of women that come to me, they're doing all the things, right? They're doing, they're, they're eating good and they're moving, they're exercising, but they still don't feel well, or they just, sometimes they just feel like complete poop, like it, like it, but they feel like they're doing all the things. And there's, you know, there's obviously reasons that 
things like you're feeling the way you're feeling. So the functional labs is going to be the first thing. Let's see what's going on in the physical body. And then having that, and we know they fill out a bunch of questions and everything. I like to look at their symptoms. Then I do their human design and then I can kind of connect things like, Mm -hmm. okay, their symptoms are happening here and there, wherever in the body. Let's connect that to their human design chart and see what's going on and where they're feeling these symptoms. Then we can start to connect dots and find patterns and figuring out, okay, there's some things going here. And that's, again, the emotional framework is so important because when emotions are stuck, this is what causes. I mean, it's, it's emotions are sort of chemicals in the body and it's going to cause things like inflammation. And sometimes it seems like for no reason at all, it just shows up. So it's putting the physical pieces with the, the energetic piece with human design and we can start to connect things there. Yeah. So interesting. I went through an experience last year about this time where I, well, I had gone through some, I'd gone through some physical stuff, like some pretty intense physical stuff. And there was a lot of emotional stuff attached to that too. And it's really not a secret to this community because, you know, on podcasts, we often like share everything in our lives. (laughs) So I was going through this, like this intense stuff. I'd had a miscarriage that was obviously like very emotional. And then about a month later, I started experiencing this like crazy inflammation of my skin. So my face especially was like getting super red and these like welts. So I go to my GP and then they refer me to a dermatologist and then they refer me to an allergist and no one can figure out what's going on. They're like, we don't know what's going on. It gets to a point where they're like, we think this could be autoimmune. We think this could be lupus. They test for all of that. And they're like, no autoimmune markers. This is bizarre. Then I decide to go to a holistic nutritionist, which I probably should have done to begin with. And we did like one session and made some quick adjustments to what I was eating. And I eat really healthy anyway. So it wasn't like I was eating anything that was crazy or eating a lot of processed foods. But he was like, okay, we're going to like make these adjustments in your diet. We're going to do a couple of things. And it was a fairly, this is your woo-woo best friend podcast. So obviously I was going to a fairly woo-woo nutritionist. We did some body work. We did a couple of things in in that realm. And then he put me on some supplements. I'm talking like in one week, it went from like my face being swollen and welts all over my face to like completely cleared skin. It was... I believe it. Yeah, it was wild. And then... Within a month, I was like, um, I think my skin looks better than it's ever looked <laughs> before. <laughs> right. It was That's like, amazing. I went, yeah. Yeah. And, and even when I went back to my dermatologist for a checkup, she was like, she she just was like no that's like that's not how it works can't like, be real well, yeah it can't be real I was like well <laughs> seems to have worked so I'm it sticking did. with what he has to say like <laughs> totally thank you, but I'm that's I'm gonna stay so over there funny. yeah so like oh what gosh. like when I share that with you like what's your perspective of like what goes on when something like that is happening. Yeah. I love stories like that because I mean that's like every client that I've ever worked with like seeing all the story like that and you know, it's no disrespect to the medical community, but they just look at things differently, right? Like we, we look, I look at things differently than they do, like, you know, whatever. But I think there's so many pieces that are missed. And, you know, I had a gal on my, my podcast not too long ago, and she was talking about traditional Chinese medicine. and, And I was talking to this about her and I'm like, you know, it's so funny to me that we call these methods, alternative methods, when these methods have literally been around for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's just crazy to me that like the Western medicine's only been around for a couple hundred years. And, but we're now relying on that to be like the be all end all. So I think first it's like, okay, 
there's a reason that these ancient techniques have been around for so long and they work for so many people. And it really, I think it all goes back to how these, you know, more Eastern or, you know, if you want to call them alternative, whatever practices, they, they've connected the mind with the body. Right. And in Western medicine, we've, we've, we've separated the two. Like they're separate. We, we're not, we're not putting them together. We're not treating together. And, and really, I feel like so often now, like we're dis discouraged from even listening to our body. So now we're like questioning our intuition when our intuition is telling us like, no, something's off. But then, you know, you go that like the medical gaslighting thing is a real thing, especially for women. Like it's so common. And now we're questioning our intuition. Like, am I crazy? Like, am I imagining things? Mm -hmm. And so I think going back to the more holistic methods and these functional methods, that's how, I mean, that's well traditional Chinese medicine was to get to the root cause. Like that's the whole point. And that's what we're doing with the holistic methods. It's like, you know, do you want to chase symptoms forever or do you want to just mask them with band-aids or do you really want to get down to the root cause of why it's happening? And in my view and in my opinion and in my perspective, there is always an emotional energetic reason for why things are manifesting on the physical body. Mm -hmm. So for you, as an example, like there's something happening emotionally, energetically that was showing itself now. And, and sometimes it can be delayed. And so people think, well, that happened years ago. Well, you know, an autoimmune disease actually takes four years for it to manifest itself in the physical body. It's been building in your body for up to four years. So it's the same thing with, with trauma and and, and the, the physical things that come out from trauma. Like it takes a while for the body to catch up to that. And then it happens. We're like, well, I haven't changed anything. Well, yeah. Remember that time, like three years ago when this thing happened, like that's now your body's telling you like, Hey, you got some stuff stored in here. That's now causing things to be out of balance. Mm, Yeah. So good. I I went to my acupuncturist around that time and she was, she was kind of like, she was, wasn't dissuading me from going to the allergist and going to the dermatologist. She's like, go go check it all out. See what they have to say. But like, I think your guy that you're going to go to, the holistic nutritionist is going to have the answers. And she was doing a lot of work on obviously like reducing the heat in my body. And when I'd go see her, I would notice that I'd immediately feel better. And Mm -hmm. then I'd have like another flare up like a week or two later. So she's like, we're working on it. And let's see what what he has to say and the work that, that he does and and what sort of shifts show up. He was doing muscle testing, which I won't get into what all of that is. It's kind of like a a wild, it's like a wild process. And like, I think I'm familiar with it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it was probably like really hot in the eighties, but, and his office was like, and I don't think he's changed his office yeah. since the 80s <laughs> and just continues to like awesome. have clients show up because yeah. the work he does is so great. And he's like, I don't yeah. need to change anything. Right. I think his website Why? was probably built in like 1982 also. <laughs> um, but it made such an impact in my health and my well-being. And it was just this great reminder that whatever was going on in my body, both emotionally and physically, energetically, it was also connected. And it was really important to do that deep dive into every component of me and why that holistic work is so important. Um, Because of course, my dermatologist was like, let's just get you on an antibiotic and see if it clears. And I'm like, no, I don't think that that's the first thing I want to do here. I want to like try (laughs) some other things first. Right, right. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope this has been so helpful and so interesting. And I'm wondering for our listeners, if they want to explore more of what you do and want to consider human design and their well-being, what do you have available? What do you offer? Tell us all the things that they could check out. 
So you can check out my website. It's hopefulandwholesome.com. And I have a lot of offers that really, it just depends on the level of support you're looking for. So I've got like really intensive one-on-one programs that, you know, gets you the results in the best possible way working one-on-one. I have signature programs where, you know, I'm still there in those programs, but it's, there's a lot of more self-guided things. So I still include the labs and all the, you know, the healing parts. And then there's some like totally self-guided things. If you want to just like, you tell me what to do and I want to do it myself. So it just depends on the level of support you're looking for and you know, how quick you want the healing. So yeah, it's all there on my website. Amazing. And tell us where we can find you on Instagram. Yes. I am at the Hope Pedraza on Instagram. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining me on the show today and for taking a look at my chart and being in conversation today. Thanks, Andy. I loved it. Thanks so much. Absolutely. And I will see you again very soon. And with that, we are complete. Thank you so much to Hope for joining us for an episode of Your Woo Woo Best Friend. If you have loved this episode, if you've learned something new, and there is one person in your life that you can think of right now that would love to hear about human design and how it relates to our health and wellness, do me a favor, go ahead and send this show to that friend Every new listener that joins us each week is helpful to us as we grow this show. If you've not yet left us a review, we are back on our review drive. It's kind of like NPR, except we're not we're not raising money. We're just asking for reviews. So if you have not yet left us a review, take just a moment, stop and leave us five stars if you believe that that's what the show is worthy of. You can also support us by sharing this episode on your social media pages and tag the show at your woo woo BFF on Instagram. I'll be back again next week. New episodes are airing every Tuesday, all summer long. Can't wait to see you super soon with much love. Have a beautiful rest of your week ahead.